I'm drinking kombucha that I made. Oh, oh whatever. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I love kombucha. Okay. <laughs> Every time I see a kombucha for anything, I'm like, oh my god, there's Montague. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast. The podcast that takes the queer women of color community beyond the Tumblr dashboard. I'm Money, the friendly creator, and I am joined today by... Cash Cash! Hey Cash! <laughs> I love Cash. Cash is Bay, And she's going to join me today to talk about some of the stuff that you all submitted and some topics that we want to cover. started with the queer walk of the week i just need everybody to know that queer walk is on instagram and twitter so please go follow um that way you can have like real-time access to the community and conversations use the hashtag queer woc if you're talking about us the episodes um the page yeah so get on that on twitter we're at queer walk pod pod and on Instagram, we're just Queer Walk. But I just had this late thought of maybe I should find a way for co-hosts to introduce themselves. <laughs> Why? Because I just jumped in. I was like, hey, it's Money. And you was like, and it's Cash. And we just, we just jumped in. That's all right. <laughs> it's good. I think it should be something like um, who you are, what you do. And something fun. Let's see. Who you are, what you do, and I don't know. I can't think of a fun one on the quick. What does your at mean? Your at mean? Yeah, your at. You know, your name on social media. What does my name? Mine's boring. So I'll, I'll do mine. I'll do it my own way. Okay. Thank okay. you. This would be an example of somebody's introduction. Hi, my name is Keish Kim. I'm currently a PhD student. And I am an angry Asian Hulk. <laughs> did you say... Okay, wait. Did you, did you say angry Asian Hulk? Hulk. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought like you said... Like man. Like, Argh. Oh, okay. I thought you said angry Asian ho. good at name <laughs> so queer walk of the week this week is lena Waithe. um so she is she actually was a producer on dear white people that movie oh yeah um, well, one of her original shows got picked up, and of course my phone would ring. My phone never rings, except when I'm doing something. Um, uh, yeah, but 
So Lena Waithe, back to what I was talking about. She is uh, a executive producer and creator of her own um, original show that got picked up by Showtime. It's called The Shy. Uh, so shout outs to her. Queer Rock of the Week. Can't wait to watch. Well, I don't have Showtime, but I'll find some friend who has a Showtime login. Don't have Showtime. Sorry about that one. <laughs> Maybe we could invest and share the login information. They do have, like, like they put limits on it. You know that, right? How many computers can be shared? It's rude. I know. It's so classist. Ugh. But um, we should be able to have two signed in. Yeah. It's fifteen ninety nine a month. That's a lot. That is kind of a lot. Yeah, that's two <laughs> Hulus. But, yeah, go support Lena. (laughs) Queer Rock's biggest fans of the week are Kid Crazy, number one again. Thank you again this week. Always coming in at number one, holding us down. Number two, Tasty Queen 28. Number three, Elfkin. And number four, The Worst Parisian. Thank you all for your support, and please keep liking, reblogging, and submitting. Speaking of liking and reblogging, the like and reblog of the week. <laughs> uh, so you know it has to go to Sid the Kid, right? With the new song. So have you heard it? I did. I saw it as soon as it came up on her Instagram. I know, right? I was on Twitter, and I had, like, a headache all week, so I was waking up at random times at night. So, I woke up at, like, 1 a.m., and I was on Twitter, and I saw she had posted something like, oh, it's on Spotify, and I was like, no, she did not just ruin my night and drop a song. She did. She did. And the video... Oh my god, I, yeah, she had, like, leaked some few things on, like, her Instagram video, you know, they have a video now. Mm-hmm. So I saw it through there, and I was, like, waiting and waiting, and I was like, ah, yes! <laughs> it was cool. They, she brought back, like, throwback uh, future members that we haven't seen in a long time, so I appreciated mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. And the lyrics, too. I know, the lyrics are so good. What there's one line, it's like, what is it? Uh you preach about revolution. I oh, really live it. That's so good. Yes. But there are some really good lines in there. I need to like So I'm gonna probably put it as the like intro song for this episode. Yes. <laughs> and hope that she doesn't sue me. I love her. Yeah. I'll probably just put the like snippet from SoundCloud. <laughs> it would be cool if she hears it and get mad, but then she's like, "Oh, can I be on your show?" And you'd be like, "Oh my god!" You know, I would pass out and just like <laughs> that would be the last episode of Queer Walk because I would just like. <laughs> <laughs> I will drive over to where you are before like that conversation happens, and I'll sit there in the back and like just watch. You'll have a conversation. I'll just watch her face <laughs> and hear her voice. I'll be like, "Oh my god." I would love to interview her. I feel like I have questions for her that nobody else has asked her yet. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. <too>. You know. <laughs> so cool. Oh. So I posted it on the page. Um, 
on Queer Walk. If for those of you who haven't seen it yet, please go watch that video. It's it's a cool video. I like that it's so simple, but it's still like really catches your attention. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like her. It is kind of like her. Yeah. So I'm telling you, like I know her. I don't know her, but like I know her. <laughs> <laughs> Just just through the cyber stalking. I'm like half in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's of all the people that I cyber stalk. Yeah, she's on she's high on that list for me. Especially after they came to uh Funkin' Waffle. Oh my gosh. And I took that I picture. I missed that. I was so upset. I got to give her a hug and take a picture. I know, you and Kim both. Yeah, Kim Kim took a funny selfie with her. Cool things, cool things. All right, so um, maybe I'll put I'll probably put a link to the video because if you just search it for whatever reason, it doesn't come up. I guess it's like formation where you have to have the link. So I'll put a link to it in the description. Okay, for the unfollow segment this week, I didn't have anything. But we when we were just talking right now, what did I say? I was gonna talk about. Wait, what? Unfollow. Yeah, we were talking, we were, we were saying, well, let's think about, like, politics, that's, although the hot mess that's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the Obamacare being, you know, oh, repeat. Right, so, as if, okay, so I just really just want to unfollow all of the U.S. <laughs> governmental politics, but this one in particular that happened while, like, everyone was asleep and nobody was paying attention. So, uh, I have some, like, fast facts about it on my phone because, like I said, I lost my health care, so I needed to figure out, like, what the fuck do I need to do? Um, Especially when my tax, you know, I haven't started my tax return yet, so I need to do all of that. (sighs) God. So, basically, the Senate um, drafted, like, a budget thing, which is... like a backdoor way of repealing Obamacare because what it's really about is the quote-unquote budget but in fact they're like defunding Obamacare right yeah um and the the revised budget passed uh of a with a vote of 51 to 48 not surprising because there's 52 Republicans in the Senate so they pretty much always have majority um and and that's the thing with this too, that because it's a budget, they don't need the what is it two thirds majority quorum or whatever. They yeah. they just need like a simple majority, so like fifty one yeah. to fifty. Right. So what this um what this budget draft that they passed did was it ends all coverage for pre for pre existing conditions for veteran benefits and aid to rural hospitals under the Affordable Care Act. Um, and just just with that first line, like, that's a shitload of people that just lost coverage. Yeah. Um, and then it also removed discrimination protection for women under health care. So, you know, that means going somewhere and being denied uh, birth control or a pap smear or anything like that based on your gender and it also defunded the provision that allowed children to stay on their uh, parents health insurance until the age of 26 Uh, so I don't 
there's there's been no alternatives like brought forward so i don't even know if it's going to be like um it's back to the age of 24 or if they're going to lower it to 18 like we just don't know we we just sitting here basically waiting for the worst to happen because these people are horrible so it it also cut funding to chip which is the child health insurance program um for like low income families and how I understand that, pretty much in the state of New York, the way all of that stuff functions is it's uh, services provided under the umbrella of Medicaid. And so what happened with me that night is that all of those changes um, effectively changed the requirements to being on Medicaid, right? So in order to be on Medicaid in the state of New York, if you're over 26... Um, and making under a certain amount of money, you have to have a child that's a dependent of you or something. And I don't. And, and I can't. The the way my queerness is set up, I can't pop one out in the next. <laughs> I had initially said that you know what to do. <laughs> I just alluded to the fact that maybe she can just you know. What I should just. I should just walk around with a sign that says, we'll have baby for health care. <laughs> so That's cool. fucked up, though. Yeah. Because the whole reason why I got on Medicaid is because the university employee insurance for GAs was taking $200 per paycheck out. So that's $400 a month for health insurance. Oh, shit. So, are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to get back on the university one or not? I'm going to have to because, I mean, there was already big penalties for not having health care under Obama. Right. So, I'm just imagining that those are going to get ten times worse under mm. this new presidency You're that not. we have. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, been, it's been rough in so many levels, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen some interesting things on social media about people responding to this defunding of Obamacare. And I don't know how I feel about it as of yet, um, but it's it was basically something like, oh, I can't wait for Trump supporters to lose their, like, you know, health insurance mm-hmm. because of this. Um, it's like, you know, that's somebody's, like, health and life. And um, there's a lot of, been a lot of, like, tweets on, like, uh, photos of like hospital bills, right? If somebody's going yeah. through like chemo or certain like chronic illnesses, right? Like their bills will be now like thousands and thousands of dollars right. that people would be able to afford, and it was just basically like, well, this means like death for my family, for mm-hmm. my father, or for my mother. It's really scary. Yeah, it makes me. That's an awkward place to be in, right? It reminds me of the Coretta Scott King quote, being that today is MLK Day. That, um, you know, it's something to the effect of, like, I, I don't understand how you can fight for the freedom of one group and not for another group. And, like, that that quote, that situation makes me think about that quote. Because while on the surface, it's like, fuck everybody who voted for Trump and their mamas. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't, I don't want to... In the abstract, right, I, when I think about the suffering of any human, I don't want them to, you know, be eaten alive by cancer because they can't afford treatment, Mm-mm. you know? 
And it, yeah, I was conflicted. I was, I was just thinking, like, you know, I'm not, like, a pacifist at all in any way. And I get angry and I think, I, I have my political, like, stance. Right. But, like, did read that, I was just like, yeah, that's, what's, what is that going to help, though? Like, seeing another person just die, yeah. right? Because the government, the sovereign state cannot off, offer means of livable environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, the state's just basically letting people just die. Mm-hmm. And to resist the state, you have to survive. Like, that's just the power relation that's being, like, established right. more clearly, ever more so clearly. Right. And it, it makes me think, it makes me think about how no matter, well, first of all, it makes me think of the similarities between Republicans and Democrats, but no matter what side you're on, it does, it does not matter, like... We want they want to see a lot of us dead in a lot of different ways, and to to vote single item or on one issue like really makes me think about that because if you are a Trump supporter who was covered under Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, you obviously did not vote in your best interest. Right. <laughs> but I think so. I just I taught this class last week, LGBT couples and families, and having the conversations with my students in that class, I think a lot of people do do that. They pick one issue that they're really passionate about and they vote along those lines and completely ignore the other parts of their identity that are going to be severely impacted by the local elections and the national elections. How have you been doing through this? Part of the reason why I wanted to do this today with you is because I feel like we have to schedule time to catch up and talk with each other. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been rough. It's been rough. Um, I saw an, an, an article today I didn't read through, but like the title is like, Experts in authoritarian, Authoritarianism advise to keep a list of things that subtly change around you so you'll remember. So I was just like, holy fuck. Like we have to like actually like note the changes that's happening yeah. to like be aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, it's been very rough. Like last week, I had to re um, reapply for my um, work permit, um, mm-hmm. and that costs over five hundred dollars for me. Um, and the sad thing is, like, I don't know if the new guy comes into office, he can repeal this, yeah, um, yeah. Th- yeah, this application, that means that they can just take my money and not get, grant me anything, mm-hmm. um, so that means that in, like, by April, I can't work anymore, I can't drive anymore, um, which would suck, I was just, like, it was just, like, really stressful, you know, I was, like, giving in to the government, I felt really weird, because I started depending on this thing, um, and, like, for my family, it's been rough, we've been trying to figure out, trying to be hopeful, um, but I think there's so much on the line, you know? Yeah. So much to unfollow. <laughs> right. So, does it always cost that much to apply? Because I think, I never knew that. I never knew that there was a cost associated with applying. Oh, yeah. A lot. And the funny thing is, like, almost all the application for any immigration status adjustment or anything, you know, work visas, marriage, you know, all, any, all immigration application fees went up on December it was like the 25th like so all the immigration lawyers were like beware um like make sure when you put in your application uh unless they get it before that date you have to send in the higher fee 
or else they'll reject your application. What? So Yeah, so, so that was it was just, this past December? Yeah. So people were scrambling to put it in before a certain date because of that, you know? It's like, you know, we, we're already funding for and we're already yeah. like hustling and they wanna raise this application fee, so I'm just like, ah. Yeah. And there's like no waivers, fee waivers whatsoever. That's like per person, you know? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like everybody has to pay that. Like it's not just you pay that yeah. fee and then your whole family is covered. Yeah, no, mm. no. Well, can we like crowdfund to help you with the? <laughs> I got it. You know, I I got it though. You know, I'm trying to get my school to pay for it. If they won't. It's okay. Um. Yeah, but five hundred dollars is a lot of money. Like that's rent and groceries for me. You know. Yeah, five hundred. It was over five hundred plus postage. Four ninety five. Um, that's okay. I got, I got it. Okay, well, don't be going out groceries, growing, going without groceries in Boston. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we can always make it work. I, I think there's plenty of people I can just like munch on and just like live at their house and be like, can you see me? <laughs> okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm only a Venmo away. <laughs> no, I'm good. My school's alright. Damn. It was like, starting this, I was like, oh, I don't think I have an unfollow. But now I'm just like, where's the revolution? Burn this shit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are recording on like Google Hangouts, so you did just release all your plans. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> You know, Google, you know what's creepy is when you be sitting around talking about something and then you log on to Facebook and the ads are yeah. what you were just talking about. Yeah, that has happened to me too many times. Too many times. Google. <laughs> trying to hack my life. You won't take yeah. me alive. <laughs> you know, I saw V for Vendetta was uh, trending on Netflix. Oh, and I wondered if um, the white nerds were getting ready for the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Through a movie? <laughs> Through a movie. <laughs> I think that movie, I think it came out when I was like in high school or something. And it was the first time that the white nerd group realized like, oh shit, the government can be defeated or overthrown or something. You know, meanwhile, all of the kids of color and like the nerds of color are like bitch duh <laughs> where have you been <laughs> we didn't need a movie <laughs> no <laughs> that's what I'm saying are you serious you can inspire through a movie a blockbuster <laughs> I just like wonder what it's gonna take though because I don't know I just after the election results came in, I just thought that, like, there were going to be mass riots everywhere, and people were going to get super organized and really, like, overthrow the government. Nah. <sighs> nah, I didn't even go to those marches. You know, a few marches happened in the big cities. Yeah. After. I didn't even go to those, you know. It's just like... Yeah, they had some, like, bullshit get-togethers here of, like, yeah. we know you <laughs> all are scared. So, let's just come together and eat pizza. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but 
me just wallow here and cry a little bit, call yeah. my friends. Yeah. That's I mean, to me that's like the biggest thing of of getting through any of this is staying connected to the folks that I love. It it does it doesn't benefit me or feel helpful at all to sit in a room with people that I have to explain myself to or why I'm crying. Mm-hmm. And then I also don't want to sit in a room with people who assume that I'm crying for the same reason as them, oh, which is what oh. happened to me when I went to class the next day. Like people are like, "How am I gonna talk to my kids about this?" You know, so they crying about that, and I'm over here crying about, because nobody ever, like, there was never a point where we didn't have these conversations. Like, you always know that at any moment, your life could radically change. And so, the fact that this point, this point for them was a, oh, I need to have a conversation with my child. You didn't have a conversation with your child when... Another child was like shot in their home while they were asleep, or so I didn't want to sit in no rooms with nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so we had two topics for the dashboard part, and it feels like we're actually going into the first one of like how do you keep yourself okay in these times? The unfollow. The unfollow. Unfollow is a. It's a it's a crucial way of keeping yourself okay. So, like, that's one of the... Because you asked me, like, what was my framework. I think that's one of the things I had, because I had, like, a little list. Um, so, one of my things for staying okay was to take a break from the world. And I think that, that part of that is unfollowing. Today, I thought about deleting my Instagram just for a little while, you know, I guess until after like inauguration week or something because Instagram Instagram is interesting because you can't just like you really have to be seeking out stuff on there in order to find it. It's not like you can get trolled in the same way that you can on Tumblr or on Twitter. Um but but it also is really repetitive. I don't know if you've noticed that, but people I will be following like five people will post the same thing. So if you really don't want to engage with whatever they posted, you just get inundated with it. Yeah. And so I thought about deleting mine for a little while. Related to taking a break from the world, my Sundays are really important to me. I don't do shit on Sundays. Like, I just kind of sit around. I'm probably the laziest lump ever on Sundays. And try to get my mind right. Like, yesterday I was feeling kind of down. Um... I think it was like me anticipating the depression that's going to come as a result of the <laughs> semester. Okay, it's, it's looming, it's coming. It's coming. I, I have to prepare myself. Let me just wallow here for a little longer until it comes on me. And I'm like, ah. Oh. For real, for real. I'm like, well, I know I'm a, I'm I'm gonna be depressed by midterm, so I might as well practice depression now. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yeah. So you know, I had like five chapters to read this weekend and everything, but Sunday I did nothing. I just took a break, restored my own energy. I set up my um my altar because. 
it's I kind of been using it as a table for the past year. So really, like getting back to doing stuff that keeps me okay. So I made these remember Lucian jars at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah, and I put two, two like good memories in there yesterday. So you know, doing stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I do on my Sundays. That's nice. Do you that's have a nice. Sunday routine? What? Do you have a Sunday routine? No, no. I mean, that's interesting that you can like allocate your time to be like that's the day where you can sort of not do anything. I've been like stuck in a situation where almost every day is like that, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So today I stayed in bed until um, like two p.m. And my parents call me twice, and they're like asking, or like I, I didn't pick up, or I said I was still in bed, and then we call them back in the afternoon. And they're like, "Are you okay?" Like, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And they're and they're just checking up, and they're like, you know, whenever you're feeling in your mind, you usually stay in bed. I'm like, "Yeah, no, I'm okay." Um, but it, I think it's been hard for me. It's been really hard to get out of bed. And people usually, you know, I would see posts on Tumblr or elsewhere in the past where it'd be like, you know, today you need to be safe or at least be happy and and thank your body to get to be able to get up in bed. Mm-hmm. You know, that day I didn't really fully understand that in the past. These days I'm totally just, just living it. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea why, you know. I have a lot of ideas why. What you mean? <laughs> it's just weird. It's like, and then I I texted one of my friends about it, and she sent me a text this morning, and she said something like, she said something like, you know, if you open up more and just talk unfiltered, like maybe that'll help us out to help you. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting because like I've been feeling very removed from these friends. Um. And I'm just wondering now, I'm like, am I doing it to myself? Am I, like, closing up on everybody? Like, and it, I'm bringing all this, like, feeling of depression on myself? Um, and if I am, like, is that necessarily bad? I don't know. I'm just unhappy recently. I don't mm-hmm. like it where I am. Yeah. I don't think. It's weird because in session with clients, I I can say things that are helpful to them. But then the message doesn't feel the same when I tell it to myself, you know? I've been studying this stuff, and so I know... It's like, in my brain, I know what's helpful for depression, right? But but then when I'm experiencing it, none of that moves me, you know? Nothing I tell myself is like, oh, yep, that's going to make me feel better. That's going to work. Um, I think one way of, of thinking about it that... Like, at least gives me space to get up on days when I'm feeling like that. Is that depression is not me. And I didn't create it. It's, like, something outside of me that swallows me up sometimes. And so, like, kicking out teeth and (laughs) punching the back of the lips to try to get out of that thing that's swallowing me is how I, like, picture it. So, if that looks like getting up just to brush my teeth... And putting on a clean pair of pajamas to get back in the bed. Like that. That is an accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) 
<sighs> Those are the days. It's, it's like weird because like I've always, it's so it's, I mean it's weird. So there's lots to unpack, but like I've always, I've always been like a strong person. You know, like strong, yeah. whatever that means. But like, yeah. I would carry a lot on my shoulder that was like my parents and my family. And even when like shit was really, like really bad, like I held it up and I was like able to go through it. And then, and then it's like this recent, just recently, I just started like crumbling down and I have no idea why, mm-hmm. you know? And it's bizarre because now like my little brother is like sort of giving me the pep talk, mm-hmm. uh, which has never happened ever before. You know, he's always trying to make me feel better because I'm, like, telling him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, my life, like, it just sucks right now. And mm-hmm. it's been so bizarre. And, like, I feel I feel like I'm weak or, like, I'm not strong anymore. Or I'm like, am I, I'm not like this. Like, what, what happened? Um, and I feel, like, much, much weaker or, like, not intelligent. I have no idea. It's just all coming no. down. No, Case, no. <laughs> That's because... I mean, I know that strong narrative, like, yeah. you know, all growing up, that's pretty much all I heard. Even my mom still to today is just like, um, we breed strong women in this family. Like, yeah. you know, like, you don't need anything. You just yeah. are strong. Right. And that strong label or feeling is so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, like, you just give it to everybody else and you're always there and you're able to hold it. But you don't allow yourself to receive any of that. So right. then you're you're like a a cup being filled up, but you have a hole in the bottom. Like, it's mm-hmm. constantly going out to other people, and you're never able to just be full. Right. Like, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with my little sisters about this, because I was also that person, like, always having to just be there for everybody. Um, and the three of us all had to in different ways, but because I'm the oldest, like, I got the most of it. And to have my baby sister tell me that, like, it's kind of selfish of me to not let her, like, be there for me the way I'm there for her. It changed the way I look at strong. Because, like, if I'm quote-unquote strong, then do I think that she's weak? And that she can't do it? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I think, I think in those moments, like, my whole life of just getting it done and being there and being on top of my shit always I wasn't I wasn't living through it I wasn't getting through it I was just numbing myself to it and didn't experience a lot of that stuff and so now that I'm removed from it in some way or maybe facing something else it's creeping back up on me it's like hey I'm here you ain't deal with me remember me (laughs) so so it's it's hard to deal with like all the stuff I never dealt with and the shit that I have to deal with every day. I think not being that everything for everybody person for a month, a day, a year, a week, whatever it is, doesn't make you weak at all. Yeah, I guess so. I just feel like there's like a lost or like a lost sense of self in a yeah. way, though. You know? Yeah. Like you're sort of like numbed out. I've been feeling really numbed out, like, I would have, like, assignments due, and a lot of it's all, like, oh, shit, like, I don't have passion for it anymore, or, like, I can't write anymore, Mm. I can't, I don't cry much anymore, like, it just, I can't even cry, so Mm. I feel like my crying emotions have been, like, wiped out, Mm -hmm. 
and I've like grown up like growing up my dad would always like in a way scold me like try to make me stronger and he'd be like you have too much water you cry too much yeah um that's why I got that tattoo from T the cry baby yeah but it's like now it's like my tears are like dropped dried up or something I can't cry you know if I do it's like for like a second and I'm like okay wait like I can't cry it just doesn't but I'm like just swallowing in sadness that's sort of like zoned out Mm-hmm. So, I know mean, we've had this conversation before you know we routinely check up on each other yeah. like hey how you doing and sort of just tell each other how we're feeling and mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad yeah um, don't know I hope I hope that's just like a cycle that I can get out of it pretty soon you know mm-hmm. but it's been alright it's okay I think I just need to keep my mind busy or something or like recenter myself. Like a lot of my horoscope stuff for this month, and like I had a reading done. It's all about like self work, and it's what I've been wanting to do. Um, gotta make some time for that before school starts and starts demanding things from me when I'm not ready. Yeah. Mhm. When do your classes start? I think in two weeks. I mean, I don't even know. See, that's another thing. I don't check dates anymore. Yeah. I think I think we have a bit more time than y'all. Yeah. Uh, I think in, by the end of the month we start. Okay, because we start tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I know. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so something also related to like how you keep yourself, I don't know, well. It's I I want to say like stay woke and well. Like they don't never. <laughs> they never. Uh, getting sleep is an important part of staying woke, okay? <laughs> um, and, like, are you, are you, like, doing those things? Like, are you checking in with yourself or, like, the basics? Like, eating, drinking enough water? Because when you were talking about crying, I was thinking about dehydration. Just, like, basic stuff. Like, did somebody steal your water for real? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God, that is so funny that, you know, I recently realized that I haven't been drinking a lot of water mm-hmm. and I was like is this also part of me like not feeling mentally well like yes. it's not drinking enough water you know why I don't drink a lot of water it's because like the water the, the water in the city that I'm currently living in does not taste good <laughs> it's bad <laughs> it tastes horrible so like I, I, I don't I get sensitive so you know what what my brother did when he came over? He came over recently. He mm-hmm. bought like three gallons of these waters yeah. and like drink it. Yeah. I've been drinking these, which is like better. Mm-hmm. Like the water tastes not good. Like it just doesn't taste good. So I haven't been drinking it. I never noticed the difference in water until I moved to Alabama because <laughs> like the the water in Queens was like thick. I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it just felt thicker than the water in Alabama. Thicker. Like, it's weird. It's weird to explain, but, like, the taste of water doesn't differ for me. All water tastes the same, but the the consistency of it is different to me. Whoa, that is bizarre. I know, I'm weird. I just, this, you know, I I wish, I need to get, like, an environmentalist friend or somebody to check, check the water here. I 
should just drink more water. I need to go buy myself gallon water. That's yeah, so, up. But then, like, bottled water isn't regulated in the same way as, like, tap water is. Yeah, it's not. So, you just, like, taking a roll of the dice with bottled water. Damn. Somebody called me a camel the other day because I don't go to the bathroom enough. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're a camel. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm a camel now. <laughs> you know something they never tell you about staying hydrated and drinking, um, <laughs> like, all your ounces in water? Yeah, is that you pee, like, every five minutes. Constantly. <laughs> I swear it's like I go pee and then I come back and sit down and I have to pee again <laughs> by the time I sit back down. <laughs> Doesn't like the cold make it worse, you know? Like I think so. I think sometimes yeah. I have to pee just because it's so cold outside. <laughs> like I haven't had anything to drink. I just have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> talking about pee here. I know, I was just thinking that. I was like, damn, should I edit it out? No, I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> the water works. <laughs> okay, so I guess that was our topic. Did you have anything else to say about how you stay well or things that you used to do that made you feel better? I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think about going back to swimming. Um, I like swimming. Mm-hmm. I don't like sweating, so when you swim, you can't yeah. feel <laughs> Yeah. So, thinking about maybe going back to swimming. Uh, but it's so, so cold, so it's, again, hard to get out of your bed because it's so cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to but swim. Yeah. Oh, no? We got... No. Okay, we need to take some time and get you, get you in the water. <laughs> yeah. It's a good skill to have. What if, like, global warming hits and, like, all of our cities are flooded? You're going to have to swim. All right. I know this. <laughs> I am very well aware that my, like, chances of survival in an apocalypse have been cut in half because I can't swim. But Yeah, we're going to you. <laughs> do you remember on Insecure where uh, Issa's co-worker was like, why don't more of them swim? And she was like, slavery. <laughs> I was like, that's me out here being the black statistic. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, that teach you how to swim. You know, the way that my dad did. He pushed me into the water. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, swim. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I survive. I don't think no. I'll be able to learn like that. I think I'll just <laughs> panic and drown. No. I can't swim. I think one of, the, one of the things I do to feel rejuvenated or, like, myself again is create. Like, do something creative in some kind of way. So whether it's this page and trying to make Queer Rock prettier, like I gave it a whole new layout the other day. <laughs> you know, just, like, editing the colors on there. Um, or painting. You know, I still do my chubby nudes. Nice. Actually, I haven't done one since, like, October. So, I write. I tried to take the pressure off writing, too. Um, So, I've been on Twitter a lot more lately. Because I'm writing, but there's, you know, it's like no pressure. Right. 
un- unfiltered writing. I've been having fun yeah. with that. Yeah. I'll like write on um, Instagram videos, uh, unfiltered. It's like random jumbles of words. Uh, it's not random jumbles. I love your captions. They're like, they're like art and words, poetry. What else? I think um, being around people that makes you happy. Yeah. I had like a friend who came over um, from New York City. Their name's Mai. And I had actually never met them in person until like two days ago. But we've always known each other from like Tumblr and yeah. everything else. It was like so fun to be around them. Um, They're really cute too. I saw them. <laughs> oh! Uh- <laughs> I'll tell them. You said that. They know, too. So, actually, I'm not going to tell them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I guess those things, keeping my mind busy, making sure that whatever the academia says doesn't bother me because fuck them. You yeah. know, whatever they're expecting from me. Fuck right. that. Yeah. And I can always, making sure that I know that I can always get up because it's not the end all, and all. Mm-hmm. I, I try to do yoga as much as I can because it just makes me feel good. Like, my whole body. Even if I just do 15 minutes, it just makes me feel better. Um, and I so I finally realized that I've, I've been doing, what is it called, vinyasa yoga, which is mm-hmm. hard for me. <laughs> but I found a video on YouTube of Bikram yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's so much, like, my body does that so much better. So I've been. <laughs> it just. I've been, I've been watching them too because they're also on Instagram, right? There's an Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I just feel like I'm on my yoga baddie, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I also changed my hair; it makes me feel better. And it's so pretty. Thank I you. I love the silver. Yeah, I went to the um, to the hair hair salon today. Whatever, whatever you call it beauty shop to get my eyebrows done and the lady was like what color is your hair and so I gave her the number I was like oh it's 1v51 (laughs) (laughs) did you do it yourself? yeah holy fuck I did not realize that yeah I just did it I just braided my locks down and crocheted these on top yeah, and she I was just like, I think it would look better as highlights. Like, I shouldn't have the whole head this color. No, no, no. I love the way that it is. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's a good thing I didn't ask you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, I don't care. Who are you, lady? Anyway. No, it looks so good. It looks like magic. Yeah. Thank you. I think I'm in, like, a gray phase. Because I got my nails gray, too. It doesn't look gray on the screen. It looks more white, but all right. No, it's gray. See? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise. It's not It's not as dark as my hair, but it's gray. Sometimes cooking helps. Oh, I hate cooking. No. <gasps> no. <laughs> but you know what I consider cooking is making toast. <laughs> That's what That's why, you know, I have to have a partner who really knows how to cook well. <laughs> because all I do is warm stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to get a microwave later tonight. Getting, 
microwave no no I thought you knew that when you came to my house no because I don't have anything to microwave at your house to eat so it's like we just drink or <laughs> we just <laughs> like there was never a moment I need to be like oh <laughs> where's your microwave let me just go heat this thing up <laughs> It's, it's, it's only been, like, wine and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Do you want to answer questions from the inbox with me? Sure. Yay. Okay. <sighs> we have two questions this week, all right? One of them is kind of long, and the other one is pretty straight to the point. So let's do straight to the point one first. Okay, it's from Kid Crazy. Hey, Kid Crazy. Um, Hi. <laughs> and the question is, today I went to the library, excited to try and find some queer books, but was disappointed when I only found white authors and white stories. Where can I find good queer POC books? Question mark. Where? Yeah. So I guess... To rephrase that, like, what are some some of your suggestions for queer POC books? What kind of books are like, like fiction books? I don't know. Let's do all genres. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of fiction, this is this is the first one I thought of. We I'm sitting in front of my bookshelf, so you know, I feel all <laughs> fancy. I wish I was on Periscope right now to show the books, but um, this book called um, Serious Blooms at Night. It's a novel by Shani Mutu. Okay. Oh, I've seen that cover. I haven't yeah. read it. It's really good. I yeah, it's really good. And it's a it's a um fiction QPOC story. So yeah. It's it's about a queer man of color and his like you know, pretty much all of queer pop stories negotiating his identities. Mm -hmm. Um but it just has really sweet moments. Um, I'm looking at my shelf. Unfortunately, because I'm in this program at an institution, I only have theory books. And I actually haven't been reading much fiction lately, which is also very sad. I've been watching a lot of Netflix, so if you ask about, like, Netflix LGBTQ movies, I have answers for you. But the ones that I have on with me, it's theory, but it's one is called Cruising Utopia. By Jose Esteban Munoz. It's like a classic, I think, like a queer theory canon book. Um, I like it because it talks about queer futurity. Um, it's a bit hard to get through, and I don't know if I like his examples, but I think it opens up a lot of space to talk about like hope and hopelessness mm. <clears throat> and what queer future looks like and how we work towards it. Oh, what is it called again? Cruising Utopia. Cruising Utopia, okay. Sorry. Um, and then I like this book. It's by Juana Maria Rodriguez. And this one's titled Sexual Futures, Queer Gestures, and Other Latina Longings. Um, and I like this one because it sort of touches on the conversation that we were planning to have mm -hmm. about this line between friendships and relationships in a queer mm -hmm. like space. Also very theory heavy, but it's alright. Mm -hmm. So kind of sadly, I have a lot of um, theory too because of grad school. <laughs> but so one of my favorites, obviously, is the Black Unicorn Poems by Audre Lorde. Oh yes. Uh, it's a collection of poetry. 
but I just love Audrey Lord's poems. So I would tell you to check that out. Um, another book is Living as a Lesbian by Cheryl Clark. And it's actually uh, published by Sapphic Classics. So I would tell you to check out that publishing company because um, a bunch of lesbians of color publish on it. Um, but it is a mix between like short little excerpts of her life and poetry. And I love books like that. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, there's a there's a another book like that that I'm I'm blanking on right now. Oh, it's by June Jordan. No, it's called Soldier: A Poet's Childhood. And so oh, that's I haven't read that. It's yeah, I only read the, the beginning of it. I haven't read the whole thing, but and then I got emotional, so I stopped reading it. But <laughs> it's really good. It's also a mix of like these flashbacks to her childhood and. The, uh, and her poetry, so it's autobiographical esque. Um, and then, in thinking about our conversation okay. we had around um, strong and what strength means, uh, she right. talks about that in Soldier. So I really like that. I have two more. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that one up. Um, I'm gonna do more lightheaded comics. This one I got as a gift. It's like a short comic book, but it says "Dykes to Watch Out For" by Allison Bechdel. B E. Oh, Bechdel. Yeah. Yeah. Dykes to watch <laughs> out for. Yeah, it's I, really funny. Some of these comments are hilarious. I need that book. It's not, it's not like Q-pop, but they're like a bunch of like Dykes. That's <laughs> uh, But this one is a comic book, Monstrous, by Marjorie Liu. Um, this one's cool. She's like, it's like it's in some like dystopic future place. Um, and she has like a physical disability. Um, so monstrous is something to check out. I like that cover. It looks cool. It's beautiful. Yeah, the artwork. Okay, so instead of just, like, continuing to go through my bookshelf and recommending, like, all of the lesbians of color that litter my bookshelf, <laughs> um, I would just say the best place to find, uh, books on queer pox or by queer pox, um, is it's kind of like a cookie crumb trail like when you find one usually there'll be more suggestions for other ones um on amazon or anywhere like that so a quick way would be like find a a cupac that you might connect to for like their public works or something like that and see if they have a book and then go from there Uh, i think that's that's where i started on my like humongous book collection (laughs) now it's like all i spend money on is books and food but um yeah i started out with i really love june jordan and her poetry um and then i i looked it up and saw that she had books and then i got introduced to cheryl clark from there and then just um you know just a spiral down into you know badass uh queer women of color from there yeah. So, thanks, Kid Crazy, for the question. Okay, are you ready for the long question, Cage? All right. Okay. It's from Black Space Barbie. And she writes, Hi, I need some advice. So, starting a month ago, me and some of my other people of color friends have ha- 
have started hanging out without my white friends because it just felt nice to hang out with other POCs. I recently hung out with one of my white friends and she confronted me about this. She said it seemed like we were separating ourselves from the rest of the group. And so I told her how we wanted to just hang out with other POC people and she said it was racist. And I just wanted to know how to explain that I want to hang out with other people of color and how I don't think it's racist. I don't know how to explain it without hurting her feelings. I've been friends with her a long time and I just don't want to lose her friendship. But I also want to have friends that are people of color because they understand me so much more. What should I do? Thanks. You about to explode over there. I don't know, dude, that's not racist. Like, you hang out with who you want to, and if she's calling you a racist for not hanging out with white people, that's like, they're talking reverse racism right there. Yeah. They're pulling a reverse racism. Which is not... Even insecure about their race? Do you think they're insecure about their whiteness? What is up with that? That they're insecure about their whiteness? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think any white person who tries to call reverse racism is insecure about their whiteness. And doesn't think that whiteness is a racial experience. So, I think those things, like when a white person says that it's racist for people of color having their own spaces, they don't understand the levels of racism. No. (laughs) Like, they only think... And how are you going to teach that? How are you going to teach that to somebody? You can't... Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm in a bad place, but, like, I don't have emotional capacity to teach anybody about how there's racism in this country exactly right now right now especially not right now like right 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 now we just talked about what we're unfollowing right i would unfollow this friend yeah like i hear what you're saying that y'all been friends a long time you just don't want to let her go but i think you should consider like what parts of you she's erasing in order to keep that friendship if she thinks that you having a space with other people of color is racist that is not racist. Can we just get that clear? Yeah. That's, not, that's not racist. Us wanting, like, POC space is not racist. It's self-preservation. It's survival. It's survival. Because we sit here living in white supremacy every day. And they, like, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. But it was, like, a similar question around, or maybe it was something I was reading about, like, a breastfeeding group. Where they had like a black women breastfeeding group and and other women were saying that they were racist for having a black women's breastfeeding group. But they literally can go into any clinic anywhere and feel welcomed and appreciated and validated as mothers. And black women historically haven't had that space even though they've given that labor of feeding babies to everybody else's children. And so that's, that's why it's important to have racial community with without the presence of whiteness there and we don't even have to go that far i think what you raised earlier is really important about what the friend like what part of the self is being erased for like what what is she erasing and part of you to be like her friend is like the raceness like you know like yeah when i was younger i heard a lot of uh students say to other students be like oh you're not that asian or you're 
you're not that black or yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a part of you is being erased. In this case, I think it's obviously clear that her race, her blackness is being Yeah. Their blackness is being erased, right? Right. To be part of their community or the friendship. Right. Yeah. Like why is that or like uh, an alarm for the friend? Like yeah. the fact that they're hanging out with more POCs. Yeah. Are they becoming more black, too black for them? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. I feel like that's what's happening. Like, there's something weird happening. There's tension that's happening. Yeah. And if it's about, like, you think your friend is getting closer to someone else because of something you don't share, then... And that's... <laughs> huh? And that's race. That's race? <laughs> like, <you're> sk- <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> like, like, you will never be able to connect to me on like that that racial marginalization but that doesn't mean we can't have a meaningful friendship by connecting in other ways but what what's telling me that I need to unfollow this friend is the, the fact that you think it's racist for me to get that community with people who have also experienced racial marginalization right that's where I'm like fuck that friendship and then there's a burden of you trying to like justify your feelings to yeah. me like you're wanting to hang out with more POCs, you have to justify that with your... Like, just getting that question, like, imposed on you, you have to justify that with yourself and others. Mm -hmm. It's already fucked up. You're doing more emotional labor. And the fact that you have to post this question of, how am I going to talk to my friend so that she understands why I feel the need to hang out with more POCs? If she doesn't understand that off-rip, there's nothing you can say to her that will make her understand it. Right. Pretty much. That's how I feel. Like... Uh, how could she not understand, especially now, like with the timing of this nah, question, like, especially now, how could she not understand that sometimes you just need to be with other people of color who get it? Mm-hmm. I hope I hope this was helpful, Black Space Barbie. <laughs> I feel like we just told her to cut her friend off. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. No, we don't necessarily have, that's your decision. You know, this is how we are reacting to it. Yeah. But if, I don't know, if she wants to stay in relation to this friend, I I would say that, because it sounds like you have other white friends who didn't question you like this. So I would direct this friend to the other white friends who who haven't called you hanging out with just people of color races. Like, let let white people collect their cousins and explain to them, like, why that's not racist. Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's serious. Like, like that, like you said, that that labor, that work shouldn't be placed back on people have, who have been marginalized under the way this society is set up to fix it. Like, I, especially not in my free time, not in friendships, like, that's the levels, right? Like, if when I'm getting paid to do it, like, like, when I have to teach in class and stuff, like, yeah, I'll sit there and explain it to you. But not in my free time, I'm not going to explain to you why it's not racist for me to hang out with other people of color. Oh, hell no. There's a book by, I think, it, I think her name is Dr. Beverly Tatum, and it's called Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together at the Lunch Table? Huh. Tell your friend to read that. If, <laughs> if, <laughs> if they really want an answer to that. Just, oh, nice. <laughs> you could even be a super good friend and buy it for them on Amazon for like 
ten dollars. Keisha's like, nah. I think she has a means to buy a book for herself. If she cares about the friendship, she should invest ten dollars, <laughs> read this book on her spare time while you go hang out with your POC friends. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, seriously though, that's a great advice. I love that advice. <laughs> Give her a book, a title of the book, so she can search it. <laughs> they need to do the work. Yeah, they need to they do the work. Open their You're wallets. right. Invest in POC writers. Invest. Invest in POCs. Invest in queer POCs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, she definitely shouldn't spend her hard-earned black dollars. <laughs> Hell no! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Alright. Well, we are already over an hour. That went so fast. Uh, thank you for doing this with me, Cage. Thank you for inviting me. I swear, I thought you'd never ask. I thought I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not cool enough. Money's never going to ask me to do it. Oh, that. what the fuck ever. You know. <laughs> you can come back anytime. If you're available, come back. I love you. I love you too. Thanks y'all for listening. Deuces.